Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. A few weeks ago, we heard from most of the adult kids in one of our favorite local homeschooling families, the Bernhards. If you missed that episode, you'll definitely want to go back and take a listen. It's called The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Bernhards, and it's a really great one. And now today, we welcome the Bernhardt parents. Bob and Raina, to our studio to get their take on what it was like to homeschool five kids over the course of 23 years from 1995 through 2018. Welcome, Bob and Raina. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. Welcome to our podcast. How exciting. It was such a pleasure meeting your children. And I think I only really knew Abby. Okay. The youngest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but tell us a bit about your family right now. They're grown up. They have families. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your family today, 2021. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll start. Um, as you said, we have five children. They range from, I think, 35 down to 21. Uh, we have three girls and two boys. Three, uh, four, I'm sorry, four live in the area and one lives out east. Um, they're all married except Abigail, who's the youngest. Um, and let's see, Rachel's the oldest. She has two children, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and she's a nurse practitioner. She's married and she's expecting in February. So we're really excited about that. Um, the next one is Elizabeth. She is married. Oh, Rachel's married to Jacob. Um, Elizabeth is married to Matthew and she is a teacher. Um, she has a degree in English as a second language. And she also has two children, a three-year-old and a five-month-old, um, married to Matthew. And um, Caleb is our uh, oldest son who lives in Baltimore. He is married as well. Um, he is a nurse practitioner, but he is being the at-home dad right now. They have a two-year-old, just turned two. Um, his wife actually is a demanding job. She's a um, nurse, I'm sorry, a resident in uh, as a doctor right now out oh. east. So he is at home raising their daughter, uh, helping mainly raise their daughter. Um, and then Joshua is uh, lives in town. He's married to Liliana and they have a little girl who is 15 months. Um, he works uh, as a um, PR gentleman at a local firm in town, and he's married to Liliana, I said. And then Abigail's our youngest. She's still living at home. She's 21, and she is a nurse at one of the local hospitals um, in neuro and uh, orthopedics, and she's not married at this point. So, <laughs> wow, it's just rounding out the whole thing. Did yes. uh, did she miss anything, Bob? Uh, I don't think so. We... we uh, we enjoy getting together, uh, usually at least once a week, of course, except for our son out in Baltimore. We get together usually once a week and have a meal, and sometimes mm-hmm. we sing together. 
together when we get together or play fun games. Uh, and so it's good. We, we see each other on a pretty and regular I, basis. I know that you babysit yeah. the grandkids quite frequently, right? On a regular basis. <laughs> yes. Tuesday's grandparent day. Uh, we have all five grandkids on Tuesday. The five grandkids that are in town. In town. T- Tuesday's grandparent day and Wednesday is going to the Y. <laughs> <laughs> After it's you sleep recover, in, right? <laughs> recover to get our backs back in shape. Uh, do you guys go uh, swimming and everything? At the Y? We, we do swim. That's Aww. about it. I don't do the other stuff. Yeah, we mostly yeah. swim. <laughs> swim. I don't do all those exercise machines. Yeah. <laughs> we mostly swim. Yeah, just do the machine. Yeah, so mostly good. swim. Yes. Well, to jump into homeschooling stuff, we know from talking to the kids a few weeks ago that Rachel and Elizabeth, the two oldest, went to public school for a few years. And then at a certain point, you can remind us of how old they were, um, you decided to pull them out and start homeschooling. So what, from your perspective, we got their take on it, but from your perspective, what was the motivation behind making that change? Well, I'll start out by saying that, uh, first of all, we thought, and we were very pleased actually with the public schools in many ways. I am a public school, or I am a retired public school teacher and was a teacher at that time. But we had some good friends who were homeschoolers and we were thinking, wow, you know, they're able to do some things that we can't really do. Mm. Uh, so. What was happening is our second daughter, Elizabeth, was doing all right, but she was struggling a bit with reading. And her teacher was a great teacher. We knew the teacher. She had been our older daughter's teacher, first grade teacher. But Elizabeth uh, was sort of starting to fall through the cracks. And she was coming home and not feeling good about her reading skill. We later discovered she needed some vision therapy. She had Mm -hmm. some some challenges. But we really felt that we could give her more one-on-one attention, obviously, through homeschooling. And we couldn't really expect the teacher to do that. And uh, so that was one of the big incentives. Right. I think um, also our daughter, Rachel, who was went through third grade. Um, she, I, I don't want to say gifted. They didn't really have gifted and talented at that point that at the public school. But she she needed to be challenged a little bit more than what was happening in school. And I don't want to say bored because I really don't like that. Word board, and if you're bored, come to my house and I'll give you a task to do so you will not be bored. Um, but she needed to be challenged a little bit more. Mm. And I, I also, I don't even know if Bob knows this, but um, the summer um, we were helping, we were singing as a family at a, um, not a retreat, what would you call it? Uh, down in Forest Junction. Oh, camp meeting, an old fashioned oh, revival camp meeting. Old fashioned camp meeting, right. And there was a family there that I got to know a little bit that was homeschooling. And their kids just seemed very, uh, the kids were older. They just seemed very well-rounded and very kind. They were also talented musically. And um, I remember thinking, Lord, don't call me to that. And also, <laughs> also. Don't call you to yes. that? Well, I was fearful. And yeah. also the, the mom was a little older than me had just had, I don't know what, a, a, an additional baby at the age of 40. And I thought, not homeschooling and not a child at 40. Well, I was 42 when Abigail was born <laughs> oh, and I homeschooled my kids. So, um, But I did feel a tug at my heart. And I, I also felt um, our kids are pretty close in age. They're two years apart. And then Abby and Josh, there's a gap there. But um, I often felt like we were together in the morning before school and we were 
enjoying each other and playing and, and doing fun things. And then it was like, I had to break that up mm-hmm. to send two mm-hmm. off. And I felt we were sort of splintered and I felt then they came home from school and they were kind of tired and they had some homework to do. Not that I'm against homework, but I felt like our, my time with my daughters was really limited. Yeah. And I felt like we were sort of splintered and I thought there has to be other alternatives. And remember way back then there really wasn't a lot in homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Plus there was a family at our church that um, I don't want to say admired, but I, I looked up to, they were uh, seemed well-rounded and, um, and they were homeschooled. And I thought, Oh, wow. How do, how do I, where do I want my kids to go? How do I want my kids? And so, so those are a couple. Mm-hmm. So when you began, did you go into it knowing that we're going to do this all the way through high school or did you come from the the thought process that, well, let's just take it a year by year on a year by year basis. See how it goes. What, what were your, I think intentions? even stepping back when you went into this, did you know anything? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I would say, no, <laughs> I was taking a giant leap of faith. Really? I, was, I yeah. really, I really did take a leap of faith. And this particular family at our church at the time, they did some, um, uh, they sold some homeschooling books kind of out of their basement. They had a little side business. Mm. And so I went to her and I said, what do I need to do? <laughs> really? Um, I probably should have researched it better. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know when the internet came alive, but there was <laughs> little information yeah. out there. Um, and so uh, we went into it. Yeah. Saying we're going to take this a year at a time and just, one step at a time. So, I mean, I came in very, very much of a novice and there was nothing like Tina's roadmap of curriculum <laughs> or anything like that. It was, yeah. but this family did help get us started and mm-hmm. give me some ideas. And so, um, a year at a time. And, and there was a sense of freedom in taking it a year at a time because we could evaluate, mm. Oh, how are things going? And so Going back into the public schools was not ruled out, nor possibly even going into parochial school. It wasn't mm. ruled out. Mm-hmm. So we could evaluate from year to year. And then, of course, as the children got older, different personalities started to become more unique. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, different decisions for different kids might be necessary. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so, um, Bob, you mentioned that you were a public school teacher, right? And um, First of all, what did you teach? Kind of tell us a little bit about yes. that. But then thinking about, did you face any challenges from your colleagues or anything like that when they found out that you were a homeschooling dad? Well, first of all, I was an elementary vocal general music teacher and I really enjoyed it. So I had grades kindergarten through fifth grade. And usually children that age really love music. So yeah. it was, it was yeah. a joy. My father-in-law also did that. He, yes, it was a joy. I really it. enjoyed it. Not the as, junior high kids, but yeah, the elementary. Well, <laughs> and, and as far as I didn't really advertise or, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, say to people, hey, I'm homeschooling my kids. <laughs> In fact, I can remember one time one of our kids was born and one of the teachers on the Sunshine Committee at one of my schools said, why didn't you tell us you had a child? We would have given you guys a <laughs> gift. And so I wasn't as... Um, connected as I perhaps should have been in communicating mm-hmm. more with teachers. Mm-hmm. I was friendly, but I even said to some of my fellow teachers, I said, you know, I see these children at, at all, in school. I enjoy it. But then I see my own kids at home. And sometimes instead of going in the teacher's lounge during lunch, I just sort of chill out. Yeah. And so I wasn't as vocal mm-hmm. sharing a lot of stuff. I did share some, but I, 
but I didn't feel, um, I don't think I would have been in trouble with anybody. I mean, they might've sort of wondered, why are you doing that? And I would have yeah. told them, but, but no, I, th I felt like there was that sense of freedom. Fortunately, we can choose to be in public schools, sure. choose not to be in. Yeah. So I, I guess I would say, um, people would say to me, oh, you homeschool, are you a teacher? Oh, and yes. I say, oh, yes, no, but my husband is. Yes. <laughs> oh, he yes. was your protection then, right? There you yeah. go. There you go. Were people for you, Raina, being the mom, the homeschool mom in those daring times when it all was just beginning? Did, did anybody ever, you know, was that a thing when you said my husband teaches at a public school? Did people stand yeah. against yeah. that? Well, or? And, and not in a... a uh, an aggressive way, but they were like, well, how does that work? He's in the public school and you're homeschooling. And I'm like, it works, you know, <laughs> it, it seems to work. And, and I think, um, our kids even sort of benefited from Bob being in the public school in the sense that way back, um, when Port Plaza was still a, a place that downtown, it was still a mall yeah. downtown. Um, Bob would take his some of his kids from one of the elementary schools to do a concert there. And our kids would go and watch and, and cheer him on. And as our kids got a little older, they would go and be the sound person for him. And mm -hmm. so they would, they would help out some, you yeah. know, with his, with his teaching. Um, not like all the time, but they they would rub shoulders. But the freedom of their scheduling, yes, like you could freedom, make room right. for, for them to do that, yes. which is yes. kind of cool. And then they got to really see like what their dad did. Yeah. You know? And um, so, yes, but sometimes people would kind of be like, how does that work? You know, like, and I'm like, well, this is the, this seems to be the best thing for us at yeah. this point. Yeah. And, so, and we would say, we would say there's some things you gain and some things you lose with public school, with homeschooling, with mm -hmm. parochial school, you have to pick and choose. Yeah. And, so, and, and like I said, we could evaluate after every year, is this working? Yeah. What I'm going to say. So this is one of those tangent things, Bob. Okay, sure. <laughs> what are some of those things, you know, that you gain and lose from each of those settings? Well, for in example, your mind? if you were in, if you were in the public schools, you'd probably have an opportunity to be in a, back then when our kids were young, this was not available. Now it is, but with homeschoolers at that time, if you wanted to be in a band, mm -hmm. there was no band mm -hmm. or orchestra. If you wanted to be in a, in a choir of 20 or 30 kids, that was not ex in existence in the homeschooling network. Now, now it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So things like that, um, you know, so I think you lose outs in some ways, but on the other hand, there were things we gained. And then you know, 10 years after we started teaching a lot of these things like musical opportunities, drama opportunities yes. were, are there, they're here in green Bay right. green Bay and sports, right? The and sports, sports association, oh, right? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Our, like yeah, you didn't have those sports teams opportunities. And that's frankly, I mean, sometimes there's things in the public schools facility wise that, you know, would be hard for us to come up with mm -hmm. in a homeschooling setting. But um, it, was, it was still good. And like I said, the week who you lose and gain. I think um, on that same note, um, we, you know, it, it encouraged us to look for opportunities like they're like Nucha, the, the sports teams. Um, for my two older girls, they didn't have that, but they played on one of the private schools, co-ed soccer team, Oh, okay. you know, so, um, my boys played on one of the private schools, Lutheran schools, grade schools, basketball team. And then, you know, by the time they were in high school, then the sport, the homeschool sports team was, did come about, but they weren't coming from scratch. They had had mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of looked for some opportunities and. 
and maybe that even will be explored a little later in the conversation, but also we were able to do um, drama through uh, one of the local non-for-profit theater groups in town. We did, we were able to be involved in that. And um, really as a whole family, Bob as well, I was kind of in the background, but Bob and all the kids were in a, <laughs> were in a couple plays together, which was really special for them to be with yeah. their dad. Where not, not if they were in high school, they couldn't have been, but it would have been maybe more just the uh, high school girls and not the boys, but because it was a community play, yeah. they could be in plays together. And um, so there were some opportunities that we, we really had to do a little more searching Yes. It didn't fall in your lap as it does in a school setting yeah, where you're right. like, oh, there's drama club. Oh, there's theater. I mean, right. there's music. There's, you know, whatever it we had to look for it to be more intentional. More. But yeah. they were you found the opportunities when you looked. We did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also um, really a benefit for us. We were at a small church. Um, maybe it's a medium sized church now. I don't know. But <laughs> and um, Bob was kind of the head of worship for many years. And mm-hmm. so. Our kids were just kind of were able to slide into worship and um, really at kind of a young age, they were involved in worship teams or play were involved in, in, in worship teams. And um, that was really a benefit to them where maybe some families that are at a big church and there's a little more competition for music or whatever might not have that. But so really God was so gracious to just provide many opportunities for us to do different things. And your whole family is musical. I mean, every, yeah. every single one, right? Yes. <laughs> Including the ones who married in now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that's did been did he pass the audition? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think he has. The one that isn't married yet yeah, has I a think, very yes, significant sir. other that he's he's passed the audition. Okay, so he's got to be somewhat musical to be yes. in the family, I think, right? Okay. <laughs> Does he know that that's the test? <laughs> we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what are some of the curriculum things that you guys use? Because I know when you started, there were probably not as many things available as when you ended. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're, yeah. Like I said, this, this homeschooling family whose now kids are, I think their youngest must be close to late thirties. Um, they were very helpful to get us started and, and we, we did an eclectic approach. Okay. We did a mm-hmm. little of this, a little of that. And I was one to fall back on true, um, books. A Becca was a big one that I used and, um, some Bob Jones, but I used a true traditional textbooks for some things mm-hmm. because I just wasn't confident enough mm-hmm. to go beyond that, especially in the beginning. But then we did use, um, much to my children's dismay, we used teach, we used spelling power and they were like, mom, that just did not work. <laughs> you heard it here first. Folks. Can they spell to this day yeah, though? I mean, so. are great spellers. So oh. whoever develops spelling power, I'm very sorry. I'm sure I didn't use it correctly. So I'm not disclaiming. Here. There were a lot of steps to spelling power and I can't imagine with all the kids. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure I didn't do it correctly, <clears throat> but we did. Um, we d- I did try sunlight later on with Abigail and that was okay with one child. It was not, did not work with multiples. So oh, yeah. um, we kind of used an eclectic approach. I used, um, I loved, uh, okay. Um, apology of science, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but that, mm-hmm. that came out a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and we did, um, what would we say? We connected with other homeschoolers 
they weren't like all people I even knew initially, um, met them at field trips and was like, Hey, would you like to do science together? And I'm not sure if they even still do those Einstein projects. I think they're science still out there. Kits, yeah. But mm-hmm. we did a couple of those with other families. Um, we did, uh, we did a, a homeschool gym class with some other client families that we begged and borrowed different gyms around, <laughs> you know, churches that had multi-purpose rooms we were able to use, mm-hmm. um, for like bringing food to a food pantry. They were, they let us use their gym. Um, as far as specific curriculum, we kind of did an eclectic approach. Now, Tina has done this roadmap. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if I'm getting the word right. What is it? Roadmap curriculum roadmap. It's a database really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She, my goal is to list everything that homeschoolers can use. It's a lot. And you, and you evaluate it too, to some degree, right? Yes. You like just, chart, to chart it out, you know, yes. like, so common core standards mm-hmm. are one thing on there, but also what ages, mm-hmm. you know, is this particular resource for what worldview does it come from? Is it a Christian resource? Is it secular? That kind of thing. So there's things there. I don't do reviews, yeah, but just okay. the information yeah, so information. that parents can, can, can yes, evaluate. So there was nothing like that mm-hmm. that I knew that was available. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and after you get to know a couple other people, you kind of, Oh, you use that. Can I try that? So, yeah. yes. um, I did, we did start out with sex and math and, you know, with, when the younger kids and, and then as they got older, my oldest daughter, Rachel was very good at math. And mm-hmm. so Saxon, which is kind of cut and dry, she was, she was great with it. Poor Elizabeth. I had bought the $80 book or whatever it was. And it's like, you will use this and probably wasn't the best for her. And then Caleb, um, really did well with math. So he was very, very, did very well with that. Um, Josh struggled a little bit more and we went to, um, what was the teaching textbooks, which oh, was yes. much better for him. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we heard he didn't like science very much either. Yeah. Didn't, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't like science very much either. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think initially I kind of thought I bought this book for number one, so I have to use it for all of them. And then I realized some homeschoolers said, you are master over the curriculum. The curriculum is yes. not master over you. Amen. And I realized, <laughs> oh, I don't have to do this exactly. And I can switch to a different book. If that child needs it, but I was a little rigid in the beginning. So now when you were, because your husband was a teacher at public school and while you were homeschooling and it wasn't a time where it was so popular to homeschool, did you have that feel from people where they were quizzing you, quizzing your children, you know, trying to kind of prove that you were on the right track? You know, people would say like, how can you teach all of that? And I'm like, well, I really don't. <laughs> I mean, or what was the general feel, would you yeah, say, at that yeah. time towards towards homeschoolers in general? Yes, I think I had a, a family member that would say, when are you going to put those kids in real school? You know, oh. kind of kind of that sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't pretend to know everything. There's just no way that you could do that. Absolutely. And, um, so we, I think the, the, my children, when they were here, I think they alluded that we did some, um, networking. There was a neighbor of ours who, a very sweet gal, friend of mine got to be a good friend. She was very good at math. She did some tutoring with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also another gal that was with the homeschoolers. Her kids were growing and she opened it up, not just to my kids, but I think it was like every Tuesday kids could come. And she didn't teach them, but if you had a problem, she'd work it through with them. And it was, there was no pay. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, so we, and one, when Rachel was doing chemistry, one of the other kids she did chemistry with 
his dad was a chemical engineer at one of the paper mills and was wow. like, okay, you can do that. You know, so yeah. he kind rather of, than blow up your house, they'll privilege. blow there where they won't yes, blow it up. Exactly. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and so, um, I, I think there was that kind of a feeling and I think I felt like a little guilty, like I can't do it all. And I realized mm-hmm. I couldn't do it yeah. all. And I did need to network. Yeah. Um, Bob really did math with the kids mm-hmm. because yes. he's really good at math and uh, well, math and music go together. So yeah, well. they, they yeah. do. I mean, well. it's kind they, of natural. They, they go together very well. But I have to admit that um, in retrospect, I, I wasn't as um, intentional and diligent with the math with with some of my kids, like Caleb and Rachel, were sort of naturals at it. Mm-hmm. But the others who were not as natural with it. Um, I, I probably could have been much more thorough with them. Mm. They struggled, but I mean, they're still doing fine. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you know, we're not all great at everything, right? We're not all so, great. Yeah. We yeah. all have different ways of being smart. Exactly. Right. And it's not that they weren't smart, but they weren't, that wasn't their strength. Yes, right. absolutely. So, uh, but as far as it's almost like if you try to be a, a parent who gives your own, your own kids piano lessons, yeah. you can do that, but you, you have to really be diligent and intentional about it. Cause yeah. it's sometimes easy to let things not be as uh, scheduled as they ought to be. So were you the kids music teacher though? I was the kids music teacher. Yes. And we did have, and we actually did fairly well with piano lessons and, and basically singing. We just sang, Yeah, we sang and I might say to them, Hey, that, that wasn't quite in tune. Let's try this a little different, (laughs) differently. And we would sing at nursing homes. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just singing to sing in, in our living room, we would actually have a purpose yeah. to then go and share some songs with people in nursing home. But you also sing taught, in church, and you also taught a couple guitar, a couple right, of the yes, kids' guitar. Yes, and we did network out. Rachel plays flute. We network, but networked out right, for right, that. Right. Um, you know, and and again, like Elizabeth said, oh, I wish I would have learned another instrument and i'm like yeah well sorry you can still do that <laughs> you know, yeah. got the basics we, we're never done learning right that's i mean right, as adults right. you can still that's learn right. so yeah. Yes. yeah and and what was good is i could use some of my ideas from the public school too with my kids yeah. sure. i had some really fun and worthwhile ideas mm-hmm. on how to present music so that was that was very good yeah yeah excellent what about the whole um socialization question and extracurricular activities. So did people, well, okay, we've heard from your kids, so they're clearly socialized, but <laughs> did people wait, wait. worry about that? Let me interrupt right here and let's bring back that funny thing that they said about, you know, it's yeah. inevitable. Oh, yeah. You're always going to get somebody who asks sure. where you went to school or what, yeah. and they said, and you have to actually. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I was homeschooled. But that is such truth yeah. with homeschoolers. It's always yeah. the word actually comes yes. before that. Yeah. Actually. I was homeschooled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, and then I you look at their you. expression, right? The person, okay, how do they respond to that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so funny. Yeah. You know, that's interesting about um, the whole socialization because I remember thinking when you're, and again, I'm not down on traditional school, but when you're in traditional school, you're kind of just socializing with just those people that are the same age as you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And most of the time. Yeah. yeah and really socializing when you think of it is being able to interact with older and younger kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we were, again, we, we networked to, to look for other opportunities to have our kids socialize. They definitely had friends their age, but as Bob said, we sang at nursing homes quite a bit. Yeah. Um, which really was a service and really was a good thing for them. They didn't always want to go. The girls were pretty eager to go. 
Um, the boys sometimes are like, oh, really? But we but we had this really great friendly dog at the time. So they get to hold the dog. And of course, all residents love dogs pretty yes. much. And um, so, you know, I think the fact that they could interact and talk, walk around with the dog and talk to mm. a, you know, 85 year old woman um, that might have been a little confused or maybe totally with it, but was a uh, socializing Absolutely. and then they could also interact with younger kids because again, the girls helped with Sunday school at church. They were helpers. They worked in the nursery, mm-hmm. you know, so um, we kind of looked for opportunities to go beyond just their peer age. Right. And, well, and of course, excuse oh, me, but of course, and they interacted with each other a lot. I was going to say that they talked a, about their yeah. close relationships with yes. each other. That was something that they really emphasized when they were here talking yes. to us. And, and then when they got involved in community theater, very often the theater that they were involved in involved both adults and children yes. at different ages. So they, they had numerous opportunities to interact with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My son was actually, I don't know if Madeline was in that show either when, was it? Josh? It was Joseph, yeah. uh, the, the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamboat, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Was it Josh? Yeah, who yeah was Josh, Josh was in it and Abby yeah. was in it. That's right. They both were. So And also Jake, your son-in-law, Jake, right? Jake, our son-in-law. Yeah. And That's right. Matt, yes. Matt, our son-in-law. The whole family. <laughs> yeah. Several people, people were in it. In it. Yeah. I so can't that. remember if Madeline was in it or not, but I know, I think they both were. Mm-hmm. If Madeline was maybe helping behind the scenes, but that's how Noah met them. Yes. In that show, yes. So. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, people think socialization is just with kids, you know, nine months older or younger than me, but that's Mm -hmm. so limiting. When um, my husband was reluctant about homeschooling because he, his parents were public school teachers. He didn't want them to feel bad. Mm -hmm. um, And he just had these ideas in his mind. And when he was a youth pastor at a church that we were attending at the time for like a year and a half or two years, he met all the teenagers and he would come home and he would say, I like most of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I, the homeschoolers stand out. That's what he would say, because they could talk to all the other kids. They didn't have cliques per se. They could talk to the adults. They were they seemed more interested in learning about mm-hmm. different topics as well. Mm-hmm. Like they still had more of a love of learning and he it, it was noticeable to him. So he said, yeah. if that's what homeschooling does, then then we can homeschool. Well, and this isn't directly related to homeschooling, but um, both Bob's parents moved from Wausau to Green Bay and they were, their health was failing. And because we had some freedom in our homeschooling schedule, especially the girls helped out quite a bit, helped out with grandma and grandpa. Um, And then my parents had lived in Florida and their health was failing. We moved them back to Green Bay and um, the girls helped out, but they were also married and gone. Some of them were they gone? Yes. Um, but my boys and Abby helped out quite a bit. And um, Jot, my dad, lived with us before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And both Abby and Josh were super great helper caregivers. Yeah. Josh was a caregiver for a while. And that, you know, and Abby too. And that that was partly because of their flexibility with their yeah. schedules. That they could do that. And they were great with, my dad had some dementia. My mother-in-law had some dementia. And they were, the kids were really wonderful with them. And I think part of it was having been in nursing homes and comfortable with older people. And I mean, it's a holistic education. We have the academics, but there's so much more about how to interact with everybody and just with human decency and kindness and all of that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And so, and Rainy, you worked part-time during this time. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, 
kind of a little bit of a tangent as my girls were um, starting to look at careers, you know, like what, what should we do? And I, I kind of said, I think it's really helpful to have a career. Not that there's anything wrong with just, um, you know, a philosophy degree or something like that. But I said, <laughs> I think, especially as a, as a woman, you need to have something that you don't know if you'll be the breadwinner. You don't know if you'll be married. Um, it's good to have a career, something that you can fall back on. A marketable skill. A marketable skill. Thank you. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't think of that when I went to college. I, I wanted to become an occupational therapist and I got my degree. And I before we had children, I worked full time. But then once we had children, I started, I cut back to part time. Um, and then really casual part time when we had more than one child, um, I worked God was so gracious because I worked weekends, which I didn't always, you know, I'm now I now I'm retired and I don't work weekends. And I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful. I don't I get to go to church. I don't (laughs) I don't work weekends, but I worked weekends. I worked holidays, a lot of holidays when people didn't want to work. And with Bob being a teacher, I worked summers when he was home. Uh, Not like all summer, but I'd fill in. So that was a way that you could juggle that Mm -hmm. because of Bob's schedule and and all of that. And I did work a little during the week, but. I really tried not to because my kids were my, you know, that was my um, commitment. And, you know, it wasn't really fair to have somebody else watch my kids and expect to have them homeschool them. But there was some times I did do that. But um, I did weekends, holidays. Yeah. Summertime. And they're in the medical field. Yes. A lot of them. Yes. So isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. Three are nurses, right? Yeah. And, and, and teacher, and right? Teacher. Because That's yeah, true. isn't that yeah. so great? Yeah. So and there's I did, Josh who went off and did his own thing. Yeah, yeah. did his own thing. <laughs> uh, so I, and I yeah. felt bad at the uh, when we were asking him, we were, you know, talking what about they're all the, doing. Yeah, yes. and I, I couldn't remember what it was called. That was another <laughs> the title, the title of what he does. Yeah, but but I do think that's that's hard for a female because if you do put a lot of time in your career and then you do choose to homeschool, you know, it's hard to do both. It really is, mm. um, and you you know, you kind of have to make. A commitment one way or the other, mm-hmm. you know, which is okay. Yeah. I mean, which is yeah. interesting though, because both the older girls, they are homeschooling. I mean, and I know Elizabeth's oldest is only three, so right, it's right. preschool stuff, but uh, Rachel's oldest is school age. Right. And so they're juggling that with their they're husbands juggling. and yeah, right. working. And so you are a good example in that you showed yeah. them how to make that happen. Yeah. So they've been able to figure it out. So yes. Yes. It, it, right. And, you know, maybe things, things may change and maybe Rachel will cut down on a day or two of work. Um, and she's doing classical conversation, which for her, they have kind of a, I don't want to say a set curriculum, but it, it, it gives a little more um, direction. Yeah. And Jenny loves classical conversations. Yeah. So that, yeah. So, you know, way more than I do, yeah. but it, it gives a little more direction, which she really likes. It's easier than to you don't, you're not spending hours and hours coming up with, right. You know, when you're more eclectic and yeah, right. Good. That's right. So, um, so we talked about juggling, so you worked weekends and summers and that kind of thing. What are some of the other ways that you juggled being a part-time working school teacher kind of thing with five kids? I mean, across a broad age span. Mm. So juggling, fitting in all their academics. 
you were amazing, man. I'm not sure. How to do it. I, don't, I don't know if I was so amazing. I, I might have just been tired. Who knows? <laughs> amazing. But it got done. Bobby, you didn't have any concerns when you came home, right? No, you were like, this, no, is, this well, is good, right? Yeah, so when he so came home, I was like, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting by the door with your purse on your shoulder. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I'm sure people do it a little differently now, but because they were kind of close together in age, two years apart, pretty much. Um, you know, the girls, kind of, I kind of did the girls with, we're doing, we're reading this together or we're doing this together as far as mm-hmm. like history. And then yeah. the boys, um, my kids were motivated, um, to, to learn and, and somewhat self taught and not self taught, but self motivated that I right. remember my boys would kind of look a little bit at their math the night before. And in the morning they get up early and they'd downstairs and try to get that done kind of on their own. And wow. so they were motivated to get that. We had a, we have a gas fireplace. We have actually wood fireplace too, but a gas fireplace. And in winter they'd go down and flick that thing on and <laughs> sit by it with their little toesies against it and Aww. doing their math. And um, so I, I, I think I'm sure there were gaps. In fact, I think both of us would say uh, we wish we had done a little better with like math with Josh or, science with Josh. Um, I also used some resources of the community, especially with Caleb, Josh and Abby. We did some classes at TC. We did some classes at Rasmussen. Uh, They had a deal when they first opened up, like you could, as a junior, I think, take a class free. And then as a senior, you could take two classes free. And so we plugged into some of those things. Um, But I I think we kind of did a lot of groupy things together. Mm -hmm. Like if we did um, maybe two of them might have done the geography fair together. Like you're both doing Papua New Guinea, and yeah. you are, whether you want to or not, yeah. Yeah. you're writing it out and you're so, um, you know, I think we did a lot of tag teaming and, and, and my kids, um, are really close with each other and get along, yeah. I think fairly well. Yeah. Um, which is, which is nice. I mean, that was one of the things, um, I mean, I can talk obviously forever here, but one of the things I, I did pray that they would always have close relationships. And I don't know if either of you are familiar with the power of a praying mom or the yep. power of a praying wife. There's all I sorts of books. I have them both in that room. Okay. Right? And I have them too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I yes. did pray that, that they would have close relationships um, with one another. Um, and God has been gracious. And it was a challenge at times. It's a oh. little comical, but in some ways it's not so funny. But there were times like one of our daughters and one of our sons would sometimes really argue with each other and not mm. be as kind as they ought to be. And I, and we have fire, we have a fire burning, uh, I mean, oh, sorry, excuse me, a wood burning fireplace. And, uh, sometimes we cut smaller pieces of wood with a bow saw. And so I said, okay, you two are having a really hard time cooperating. We're going to go outside and we're going to try to cut some wood with this bow saw. <laughs> one's going to be on one end and one's going to be at the other. And I'll tell you what, if you do not cooperate, it's going to take you forever to get this piece of wood oh, cut. There you go. And it was a oh. challenge, yeah. but it was like sort of comical, but in some ways not comical. Yeah. But it was an opportunity to show them how if they don't cooperate, we're yeah. not going to get the work done. And oh, that was just really a real, yeah. and that was just one example. Yeah, you know, so we, every we now did then I hear, tried to make real yeah. things. We heard about the bocce ball incident <laughs> yeah, as we well. Did. We are bringing it up. <laughs> How long did it take you to recover? And what was the discipline for that event, Bob? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I think I, I did say to them, I think I milked that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I remember uh, one, I don't remember the why exactly, but the kids weren't being as respectful as they thought they should be to you, especially Ren, and to me. And I said, you guys, 
you got to shape up or, or you're not going to see any TV. And we didn't watch much TV mm-hmm. anyway, but, and, uh, and they, and they didn't shape up, and, but Raina <laughs> yeah. wanted to watch the Olympics was going on at the time. And so she gets up in the morning and I put the TV in the trunk in our car. <laughs> Like, I thought, where I can't kids. watch the Olympics. <laughs> she, she said, what are you doing? I said, these kids have to know we mean this. Yeah. Mm. For three and days. So you three days I it. drove around with the TV in our car. <laughs> and I think they got the message that I was serious about. They need to show respect and that it's a, it's a privilege to have a mom and a dad and to have brothers mm. and sisters. That's and, right. You know, so anyway. And at the, I'm not at saying that that's time the our, magic bullet. But yeah, it's at the one. time our TV was, you know, whatever, was yay, a, pretty small, pretty small. Yeah, it so wasn't the flat one. I mean, those were those, bigger those than wider a ones, right? It was right? a so. than a postage stamp. But anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys taking notes? Because these are good so, examples. Yes. But it yes. Is. It's, it's all about that follow through, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And you will know them by their fruit. And I, I mean, meeting your children now and they do get oh, yes. along and praying oh. matters. And it just is so powerful. Yeah. They Yes. And that is good to hear because I think we've talked to a lot of young parents and many of them, they're sweet people, but they seem afraid to discipline their children. Like they'll wreck the relationships with their kids. And I, yeah, yeah. What, I, do you, what can you guys give yeah. as advice? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you become your child's friend as they become young adults. Mm-hmm. You're not their friend get along with them and you love them, but you're not necessarily, that's not your role to be their friend. Mm. You're to be, they are to look up to you and you're to be their disciplinarian. And I would say my kids are some of my best friends now, but I, you need to establish the role as an adult, Mm. an adult to a child until you can be an adult to an adult Mm. or even young adult. I know, um, I guess I'll just bring this. I think one thing that was helpful for us, and again, I, in retrospect, should have read this every day, but <laughs> we made we made this um, a Bernhardt family mission statement. Oh. And one of the things we said is, if you don't have a goal, right, mm. where are you going to reach? What are you going to attain? So ours says, and this is hanging in our house, it says, um, our purpose, what we are aiming for, the Bernhardt family will bear the fruit of the spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control control through Jesus Christ to, to advance the eternal kingdom of God. And then it has the verses. And then our vision statement, uh, what it looks like in everyday life, we, the Bernhardt family, will reflect the love and fellowship of knowing Christ to all who come in contact with us inside and outside of our house, house Excuse me, that Christ may be known by others and God praised in word, thought, and deed. We have scripture for that. And again, I didn't read this every day. Um, it's hanging outside the door of our bathroom on our main floor. Um, but I think it's helpful to have something yes. to say, uh, what is your goal? What is your purpose? Could be catechism. You know, you could say to love God and glorify him, you know, praise him forever, whatever you want right. to do, but something so that, excuse me, they know that they're there for a purpose and a reason. So a vision statement and our mission statement and a vision statement. Yeah, I would add to that that I think it's all too easy to sometimes want your kids to behave and do a good job because it's easier for the mm-hmm. parent. If the mm-hmm. kids behave, hey, life is a lot easier. And also it looks good to other people, yeah. you know, yeah. so but but if it's got to be more than that or deeper than that, because otherwise it doesn't sink into the heart. Yeah. And so a vision statement like this, it's not a magic bullet, but to have some goal that yeah. goes beyond ourselves, 
and uh, and and it really needs to be bathed in prayer too. To be humble yeah. enough to even ask other people to pray for you and say, "Hey, I'm having some problems with homeschooling. Could you yes. pray about this?" Yes. And we're praying. Yeah, and realize that it's going to be a battle sometimes. That's right. But not necessarily a battle even discipline wise, but even a battle, a spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. I mean, you know, the enemy doesn't want our kids to be well educated and and families to be close and all of that. Right. You could could raise a kid like one of my let's say one of my kids, if I raise them and they were an excellent concert pianist, which would be exciting and great. (laughs) But but on the other hand, if they don't have that foundation of believing in a true uh, relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's like building your house on sand, yeah. even though it may, the music may sound pretty for a while, the house is going to cave in. Right. That's right. What's so, the point uh, then? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that whole, that whole thing of character. Yeah, absolutely. Character. When you had the hard moments, the mission statement, the vision statement is maybe what helped to get you through because we all have them, right? Yeah. And it's not like we read, it's like, I think we just, we didn't really read it out loud that often, but it, but we try to incorporate like the Bible in everyday life or even stories, just good stories, like the little red hen and all sorts yes. of just yes. good stories yes. that teach some character qualities, mm-hmm. but then ultimately to, to build that on the foundation of knowing God. There was a quote that I saw that holds true. And it's, if you could teach your children anything, you know, beyond academics, if you could teach them just character alone, they would be far and above beyond because that's really, it's the center is Jesus Christ, no matter. And Mm -hmm. I love the part that you said about even just being humble enough Mm -hmm. to ask somebody to pray because that's what we ought to do all the time, not present ourselves as these perfect homeschooling parents. That's far from the truth. And you could erase the word homeschool and just say parents, right? We're not, we all need, we all need prayer. Every one of us. And not to come across as we're the perfect homeschooling family, because that's always a a thing. You know, I think moms sometimes feel that they should know how to, and we should, we should know how to sew. (laughs) We should know how to do some of these things, but not to beat yourself up or compare yourself to somebody else, a different family. You know, that's. Yeah. I think um, if you look back at some of our photo albums and you, (laughs) you look at like, our house. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, that day. Wow. We didn't really pick up till late in the <laughs> afternoon. Or, you know, we, we were pretty, I don't want to say pretty loose, but we had, the kids had a lot of time to play and yep. hands-on and be creative. And, and so, you know, we didn't have a super clean, neat house all the time at all. Um, we had a really fun backyard. We had a big tree house that Bob kept adding levels of Mm. layers on and it was kind of the talk of the neighborhood to come and play in our tree house and um but there wasn't really much of a plan you just kept adding (laughs) different layers onto this big tree in the backyard and um so like and we didn't live in it we lived in a modest house and and um but the the kids never I think that's what they knew and they never really said you know so-and-so has a bigger house and a bigger bedroom and you know there were times that our girls just slept on an air mattress and we put it up and down because the room wasn't very big and mm-hmm. there wasn't room for a double yeah. bed. And um, so I think, yeah, they, they didn't seem to question. And we were very blessed to have, especially me, because I was the main person, um, that I had some very, very kind, godly 
friends that were homeschoolers that we prayed together. We did a Bible study together. Um, they were from different churches. They were from different denominations. Um, but we carried each other through and uh, still in contact with some of those ladies. And um, yeah, God was very gracious. I had some very good supports. And I, I think that's a word to young people, young parents coming up that you can't do it alone. You need to find a group, be it a co-op, be it um, something through your church, be it CC. You yeah. need to have some uh, support um, with other homeschoolers and uh, not just for the academics, but also spiritually to yeah. pray together, to, to have a Bible study together. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would just like to add too that um, <clears throat> sometimes people who see homeschoolers are thinking that homeschoolers are too protective with mm -hmm. their kids, not letting them uh, get out in the real world and see what <laughs> it's like. And I think there may be some truth in that in some cases, but even as a gardener, I mean, in the spring, when you're putting plants out, if you put them out too soon, they're going to freeze. Yeah. Uh, you, you keep them in the greenhouse, you get them to a point of strength where they can yes. go out in the ground. And so uh, we we intentionally were trying to protect our children because we live in a dangerous world, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. And uh, even things like uh, boy and girl relationships. I know I, I, there's so many wonderful things in the public school, but I noticed as a school teacher that even my fifth graders, these are 10 year olds. They were starting to feel pressured. Well, I've got to have a boyfriend. I've got to have a girlfriend right. and all that sort of oh. stuff. And I thought, you know what? If we can spare our kids mm. from feeling pressured at a young age to have to feel like they have to have a boyfriend, a girlfriend to be a worthwhile person, yes. well, I'd like to spare them from that. That's not the only reason. But as our kids yes. got older, I sort of thought, oh, I'm sort of glad yes. that we don't have to deal with this because um, usually those things didn't turn out that well. Kids are too young. They were too young anyway to have that sort of right. situation. Yeah. And yeah. so anyway... So even things like that, it's not wrong to try to protect your kids. But then, of course, you want to equip them yes. to get out there in the world. But there's a time. Right. And, and timing. That greenhouse analogy is so key because you're absolutely right. If you put those plants out there before they're ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the goal is always to get them out in the Into real the, world, yes. but yep. at the right time. Yep. And that's going to be different for every child, right? Correct. It's different for every type of plant. Yes. So that's an excellent analogy. That was good. Are there any parting thoughts, something we haven't yet mentioned or? Um, I think, and my kids alluded to this, that, and maybe I said this earlier, that um, different kids had kind of different needs. And I think it's important as a parent to look at that. And I think the kids mentioned that um, our oldest son, Caleb, uh, really there wasn't some uh, athletic way for him to he was a competitive runner and, and there really wasn't anything set up. So he did go to school for high school, um, private high school and was able to run cross country and was a track to it. Yeah, he, he went to high school for one year because he had a chance to be on the track team. Right. Oh. Cross country team. And he oh. went to state. He did very well. Oh. Um, he did well at state. I think he came in 30th at state or something, but um, then the next year he really wanted to, be back home to homeschool, which was, which was great um, mm -hmm. that we gave him that opportunity to do that. And as I said, we did tap into some, you know, the technical colleges, some of the smaller colleges that offer uh, classes that you can take. So I do think, you know, sometimes I've heard people say I'm homeschooling all the way through and I'm thinking, take it year by year, evaluate it, see what works for your kids. 
don't just say if they whine and say, I want to go to school. That's not the reason. But if they had a, a specific need, um, when the girls were in school, the boys were little and um, Caleb also had a little bit of a speech impediment. And we used the public school for uh, speech classes. And that was great that that was part of our taxpayer money. And we were able to tap into that. And, um, you know, the, the speech therapist we had was wonderful and she didn't have any, you know, issues while the girls were in school. But then even, I think even as we, I think even as we took them out of school, we continued with speech and, and there was no problems with that. So, you know, use some of those resources in the community that are available to help your kids. Yes. And remember that, you know, anybody can teach them to read, but you're the one that's instructing their heart to have them walk with the Lord. That's really good. What about you, Bob? Anything else? I think that I I think that's right. We we want to worry about we want to be concerned. Worry isn't a good word. We want to worship, not worry. Worship God. (laughs) Right. But you want to be concerned about academics. You want your your children to learn basic skills, but you also want them to learn character skills, because even if they know all this stuff, but they they are jerks in the way, in the way they relate nice. with other people. Right. It's not going to do anybody any good. Yep. And so, and then you want them to have not only be able to relate with other people, but have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to make that real takes uh, a focus of having that time and effort to do that. It's not, I'm not saying that it's impossible, of course, to have your kid in the public school and have them be a strong Christian. I'm not saying that, but for us personally, mm-hmm. uh, we found homeschooling for us worked well. Mm-hmm. To, to meet some of these basic needs of social skills, academic skills, and spiritual walk with God. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And it was well said. And thank you so much for joining us oh, today. Thank you. Thank you you are privileged to talk to your kids and, and the mom and dad. Yeah. Thank yes. you so much. Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode Today, tonight, this morning, whenever you did. We hope that you know and that you believe in your heart that you are the best teacher for your children. You always were and you always will be. 